When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nystrom, Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh my, did Mick plant one on C-card. Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The puck drop, the puck but just a minute, Al Arbor has won four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. This is Coliseum Chronicles The Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer Talk. Proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Joe Lazito. Welcome to episode 120 with my special guest, Keegan Long. Now, for those of you who are fans of the show Shorzy, the greatest hockey show ever made, Keegan Long needs no introduction. He is one of the two high schoolers who verbally spar with Shorzy. He plays Liam. And if you're a fan of the show, no, I, uh, if you've listened to me for a while, you know, I hate to say fans of the show because I, if you're a friend of mine or a friend of the show, I fan of the show sounds so arrogant. It does. It doesn't it like, Oh, you're a fan of the show. I, I don't know. I, people tell me, Oh, I'm a fan of the show, but I don't know, like, thank you for listening, but I, for me to say, if you're a fan of the show, it just sounds so pompous. I hate when I say that, so I'll pretend I didn't say that, because I'm not starting this again. But, um, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know a few episodes back, I had a Bork Casabone who plays Liam's partner in crime, Corey, and uh, those two guys, um, as much as I love pretty much every character on the show... Uh, Liam and Corey, unreal. 
Those two guys make me laugh every single word that comes out of their mouth. I love it. And uh, doing some research for this episode, I, I went back and I watched all their scenes together. Just phenomenal. So uh, big fan of those two guys. Uh, really happy that I got to spend a little time here with Keegan, get some of his background. And, uh, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, if you're on social media, please scroll down to the episode description of this very episode and you'll see links to my Twitter, my Facebook, and my Instagram. I know for a few weeks there, there was another social media thing out there uh, that was supposed to take the place of Twitter. I can't even remember what it's called. I never joined that, but if you if you know what I'm talking about, uh, you don't have to look for it on there. I definitely, I definitely didn't join that, and uh, I'm not seeing too much about it anymore, so maybe it's... Uh, it's gone as quickly as it came here. I don't know. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, I stick to the big three. Well, the big three for, for me now, you know, being the age that I am, uh, some of the youngsters, they may have other big three. I know TikTok is, is a thing. Uh, I'm not on TikTok. I mean, I have a personal TikTok account with absolutely one video, and the video is not even of me. It was of somebody talking about my... Uh, my incident on the subway, but, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm very active on TikTok. So, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram out of the three, I'm most active on Twitter and I'm least active on Facebook. So, uh, but we can hook up there, uh, just, uh, send a friend request or follow. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll return the favor there. Uh, also in the uh, show notes, you'll see a, um, a link for a book Islanders A to Z. That was illustrated by local Long Island artist Joe Marisich, the uh, very artist who created the logo for this program. And uh, if you are interested in getting any art projects done, Joe is available for hire. You can get at him at GraphicsJoker on Twitter or via LoudEgg.com. Now, as I mentioned, I am a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Tons of shows on the network. Each team has at least one show. I am on the original content side. Uh, There are four of us on the original content side who have our shows dedicated to hockey fights. We are the four horsemen of the Hockey Fight Fan Podcast, myself being one. Uh, The OG of the Hockey Fighting Podcast genre, Darren of the fourth line voice. Uh, Darren is, uh, he's 300 plus episodes deep at this point, and he's been doing it a while. And, um, you know, tremendous back catalog. Uh, all these guys do. Uh, Darren has the lengthiest as he's been at it the longest. Um, his latest episode is not out yet. I'm recording this Sunday afternoon. Uh, I believe probably later tonight or tomorrow. i I think he's going to have the Ice Wars 3 review show with Jay from Iowa and Alec. Uh, Jay actually posted a picture last night on Twitter uh, of a beer getting ready for um, uh, a guest appearance on a podcast. And uh, my guess is it was the uh, the Fourth Line Voice podcast. They were going to go over uh, Ice Wars 3. Um, but, and I would recommend checking that episode out as well as every other episode that Darren has ever done. So, uh Get comfortable, over 300 episodes. And also, um, check out his YouTube channel, the 4th Line Voice YouTube channel. Um, You've been on there already, because honestly, if you've ever watched a hockey fight on YouTube, chances are it was on the 4th Line Voice YouTube channel. So you've been there already. All you got to do is go back and hit subscribe. 
Uh, also, Alec, the aforementioned Alec, Five for Fighting podcast. Uh, Alec is also proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network, one of the four horsemen. Uh, has a deal with Hit Club Hockey for, uh, for Five for Fighting merchandise, so definitely check that out. Uh, this week, Alec is releasing an episode uh, with an interview with Kelly Brent of the Wichita Thunder. Um, he uh, posted something that he was taking questions for Kelly a day or so ago, and then today he posted that the episode will be out later this week. I don't think he's taking any more questions, so uh, should be a great episode. Really looking forward to it. I don't know much about Kelly, but uh, I know that uh, any guest that I don't know a lot about that's on the Five for Fighting or the Fourth Line Voice or the... Uh, podcast that i'm going to tell you about next i know i will uh, i will learn a lot about them so i'm really looking forward to that kelly brent episode on the five for fighting podcast later this week i believe alex said on thursday and just like the fourth line voice there's the five for fighting youtube channel definitely check that out it used to be more active uh used to be used to get a lot of traffic and uh well, again, if you're a longtime listener to this program, you know what happened. Uh, the uh, ECHL does not like free promotion, especially when it's of a violent nature. Although probably a lot of people go into these games prefer that violent nature, just like most people that go to every hockey game, except for that vocal minority that's on social media that these leagues are so crazy and they, they cater to. But, uh, but I know uh, once the season gets started again, uh, Five for Fighting YouTube channel will pick up. So definitely check out the podcast and the accompanying YouTube channel. And then Jordan from the Maritimes, the host of Five in a Game. So Five in a Game, uh, Jordan he came out of the gates firing. He was a guest on the Fourth Line Voice pod, podcast. Easy for me to say. And um, fired off a bunch of episodes. Then he had some episodes on his phone and his son accidentally deleted the program that they were on. Uh, but Jordan, he, he lives in the Maritimes and he works in Alberta. So, uh, I know he's home now for a break. He's heading back out West soon, but I believe he's back home in the fall. And I think the, uh, five in a game podcast will be up and running, uh, hot and heavy come the fall. So, uh, while you're waiting, definitely check out the, uh, the back catalog for five in a game. He of course also has a YouTube channel. I said I'm the only one of the four horsemen that that does not have a YouTube channel, and that's not happening anytime soon. But definitely check out Five in a Game YouTube channel, and also um, check out Jordan's um, Instagram, Hockey Fight Art. Uh, some pretty good stuff on there. Uh, I don't know exactly how he does it. It's definitely something I can't do, and uh, I know when he does uh, new pieces uh, for players. They a lot of times next thing you know you see it's their new profile picture on various social media so so definitely check out uh, hockey fight art on Instagram as I have been known to say on every episode I am a game used collector hockey gear uh, buckets sticks mitts jerseys I'm sitting down here in the basement as we speak uh, taking a look at my collection I, I'm pretty proud of what I've acquired over the years and uh, I'm always looking to add to it so. If you have anything that uh, you think you might be looking to trade, sell, donate, definitely uh, reach out to me. Specifically, mostly Islanders and Nordiques related, but with the exception of a few guys, anyone that has played the enforcer role, I am a fan of. So, uh, so don't not reach out to me <clears throat> thinking that uh, you have something of someone I may not be interested in, uh, because you never know. 
So I would appreciate that. Always looking to add to the collection. When we moved here a little over a year and a half ago, this basement looked pretty big. And now that everything's filled up, I think we need a bigger basement. But, uh, but yeah, so hey, if any of you guys are ever in town and you want to come down and see the basement, just, uh, just let me know, crack open a few beers, watch some fights and, uh, and hang out. But, uh, anyway, moving on just a few notes. Uh, I don't think I had many notes for the last couple of weeks. You know, it's summer, not a ton going on. And, uh, I'm not about to tell you about, uh, who won the draft or who won free agency. Uh, I'll leave that to the quote unquote experts, <clears throat> but I will tell you a few notes over the last few weeks. I, I want to congratulate Brent Thompson. Now, Brent Thompson is not very popular amongst the fans. And, um, I I'm actually, I'm a little puzzled by that. Now, obviously you'll say, well, what, what prospects has he, uh, has he groomed? Well, no, I don't think you can say groomed anymore. It's not necessarily a word that has good connotation. Um, what prospects has he produced and doesn't have winning seasons and all this stuff? And I guess, obviously, you want your teams to win championships. But the main focus of your minor league teams is it's to develop prospects. And I think if you go back and you look, I mean, yeah, maybe the wells run a little dry lately. Um but the thing I always go back to is this. Um, Brent Thompson was part of this organization before Lou got here. And Lou loves bringing in Lou guys. And you know what? He kept Brent here for a reason. And I'm sure that's because Brent went along with the program. Lou, I'm sure, sat him down and said, this is what we want. I want you. To, I want prospects that can just jump up and fit in our scheme, which Lou's scheme is always defense first. Um even though they've developed some nice offensive players. Uh, so for those of you who don't like Brent Thompson and, and say, what has he done, this and that? Well, I'll just answer it with two things. Lou Lamarillo came here, didn't bring in one of his own guys, which you know he loves to do, uh, to coach the American League team, kept Tomer here. And for as shitty a coach as you think he is, he got a job as as an NHL assistant coach. Now I know I know a lot of people out there. I know a lot of you out there, not necessarily my listeners, but people you see on social media. I know I know a lot of you know more than actual hockey club personnel. I know you know a lot more than GMs in the NHL. I know you know a lot more than scouts and coaches. I know I see it on your feeds every day. You're all a bunch of geniuses. I understand that, and and I, I thank you for it because it gives me chuckle after chuckle every day. So did Brent Thompson win any Calder Cups with the uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers or the 13s? Absolutely not. He did not. Um but to a man, if you speak to the players that played for him, uh, the ones that I've spoken to, they love him. And, um, you know, it's this is a guy that's not he, he can be a bit hard on guys, too. But the players still love him. And uh, now he's in Anaheim. So um, what does that say? So he must be doing something right. He must. I, I know a lot of people don't think he is. But he must be doing something right because now he's got a new address in Southern California coaching, an assistant coaching job with an NHL team. So anyway, I want to wish Brent Thompson all the luck in the world. Uh, I wish him nothing but success. Uh, Anaheim has nowhere to go but up. And, um, and we'll see what happens. So good luck to uh, Tomer out there in California. Also, the um, the restricted free agent signed uh, Oliver Wallstrom. and. Uh, 
Skarik, the goalie. Uh, Skarik's an interesting guy because you're kind of going in now with uh, Schneider gone. Skarik's your number one. Um, but now is he going to be like a, a minor league, a guy in the minors for 10 years? Um, or is he basically just going to be there until um, Varlamov uh, retires or goes somewhere? So it's interesting. Um, I, I think Skarik, he he's probably uh, not been as impressive as as you'd hope at this point. Uh, but again, it's a double-edged sword. The team hasn't been very good in front of him. Uh, I hope he pans out because I think the plan is he's probably going to be the backup for Sorokin at some point. So, uh, so again, I, I hope he does okay. And uh, it's good to see Wallstrom back. I, I hope at some point we see what this kid is capable of. Um, it's pretty funny. Like, you know, again, I go back to the people who know everything about hockey. Um, you know, I've seen people want Wallstrom on the first line. I've seen them, people want Wallstrom on the third line, seen people that want him on the fourth line. And it's interesting. I've heard him referred to as a finesse player, and I've also refer, saw him referred to as a power forward. Uh, at 52 years old, <laughs> I'm not calling Oliver Wallstrom a power forward. Let's pump the brakes on that, shall we? Uh, and I know people get all giddy about the fight he had with D'Angelo, but uh, let's pump the brakes on calling Oliver Wallstrom a power forward. Uh, he's not. I like him. He's not a power forward. Um, but you know, he's been in the organization a while now, so let's, uh, let's see what he's capable of. I hope he stays healthy and, um, you know, let's see, let's see where he ends up on this team. Um, obviously I don't think the first line is set yet. Obviously two parts of the first line are set, but I don't, do you throw him up there with the two, arguably the two most offensively gifted players and see what he can do? I think you got to keep him on the top two, top two lines, because if not, you know, what are you going to get out of him? But anyway, they're in the fold. The one thing I found funny was, uh, so the Islanders, every team had a deadline to sign their um, restricted free agents. I forget what, what it was. Uh, but of course, Lou doesn't announce anything. Lou announces shit on Lou's time. It's basically how he's always operated. And I saw people going, I don't know what's going on with Wallstrom. I don't know what's going on with Wallstrom. Why don't they announce it? What about this? What about that? And I said to myself, well, if they didn't sign him, news would be out there. It would have been out there because now he's a free agent. So let's say the deadline was Monday at noon. Monday at 12.01, you don't think his agent's going to get the news out there that he did not resign and he's a free agent. So, you know, if anyone's interested, let's talk. You don't think that would have happened? <laughs> like, use your head a little bit. Obviously, there's no news. That means he resigned. They're just not going to announce it until Lou wants to announce it. But there was no mystery. Once he was not a free agent, once the deadline passed and he wasn't a free agent, the mystery was gone. Uh, anyway, some people. Anyway, all right, so next. I saw Islander fans up in arms, up in arms this week. There was a, uh, I think it was NHL Network, and they ranked every team's prospect pool. And the Islanders were ranked 32nd out of 32 teams, and people were beside themselves. Why? Why? It's someone's opinion or it's someone else's opinion. Now, 
if you want to tell me that these rankings were made up by scouts or player personnel guys, okay then, because these are the guys that are actually out there. They're they're the boots boots on the ground guys when it comes to hockey and it comes to the prospect. So you want to tell me prospects, by the way, plural. So if you want to tell me this list was made up by scouts, player personnel guys, um, fine, no problem. Then okay, then to me the list has some validity, but I don't think it was. So what's the point? So what what it was probably made up made up from was guys reading scouting reports or doing analytics and all this other stuff that you and I could do if we want. Really? I mean, if you're giving us the same material to pick from, we could do that. So again, I think it's, I think it's just stuff gets put out on social media for the, for the initial reaction. And I don't know if this is all fan bases, but the Islander fan base gets butthurt at every single report that's out there like oh they don't respect us they're 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 dogging us again and uh, folks breathe it's just people's opinions it doesn't make a difference it doesn't their opinion is no more valid than mine or yours it's just people's opinions <laughs> pump the brakes pump the brakes it's okay everything's gonna be okay most of the stuff you read are based on people's opinions it's okay. It's going to be fine. Honestly. And like I said, if it's a thing about prospects and it's not by scouts, and I don't mean the Twitter scouts, the people who put scout on their thing, but they don't get paid by anyone in hockey, like a team or a league or anything like that. They watch games and they have a calculator. So they think they're scouts. Um, if it's not by a scout player personnel guy that actually gets paid by weekly by an NHL team or by uh, a league, Take it with a grain of salt, folks. It's going to be okay. Uh, one last thing I want to congratulate Nathan Thompson. Uh, he announced his retirement this week. Uh, I had <laughs> so I had put on Twitter. I I, uh, I stole the graphic. I think it uh, if it was NHL.com, they made a graphic of of Nate on the Flyers, and below it it had all the teams he played on. And I of course stole the graphic and made my own graphic. I put an Islanders picture on there. It was a picture. Uh, of the celebration after he scored his first NHL goal, which was with the Islanders. Uh, and I basically said, congrats on an amazing NHL career. And of course, of course, again, it's social media. Uh, I get first response, amazing? Really? Well, I, I just happened to have his hockey DB pulled up here. Nathan Thompson, all right, drafted in the sixth round. In 03 from the Western League, Seattle Thunderbirds, okay, from Alaska. Played 844 NHL games. Now, I didn't check, but I think the person who wrote, really, played zero NHL games. I'd even go out on a limb and say zero pro games. So, Nate Thompson, 844 NHL games, including the minors, which are pro games, by the way. 1,119 professional games, regular season only, well over 100 pro playoff games. So, yeah, I would say that's a fine career. You're playing 844 games in the best league in the world by far. Yeah, that's a pretty amazing career. And, um, you know, for for the role that Nate played, uh, defensive uh 
played played tough, played with sand, sandpaper. Again, he's for me to say. Uh, centerman, face-off guy. Uh, sort of a jack-of-all-trades. You know, never never a big-time goal scorer. The, looks like the most he ever scored in a season was 10 with Tampa. Um, usually he was good for anywhere from one. It probably averaged about five goals a year. But it, but it was intangibles that kept Nate Thompson in the league. And again, 844 pro games, uh, 844 NHL games, over 1,100 pro games. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty fucking good career. So, yes, Nate Thompson, congratulations. I know you don't listen, but uh, I'd love to get you on the show. Uh, I see you do a lot of podcasts, so I'm beginning to think it's personal. But uh, but I, I love that guy. I'm glad that uh, there's a line or two on the back of his hockey card that says New York Islanders. So I'm very happy about that. And yes, congratulations on an absolutely amazing career. So that brings us to today's guest, Keegan Long. Um, Keegan Long, you know, never met him. Uh, spoke to him through some DMs, uh, you know, prior to having him on the show. You know, like Burke, really, really good kid. I mean, these two guys, these two kids are unbelievable. And um, so I... I didn't know that much about Keegan other than, uh, you know, his, act, you know, couple of acting gigs. Shorzy uh, was also on Letterkenny. But other than that, I didn't know a lot about him. I knew that he was definitely more into the acting, more of an acting background than Burke had. Because uh, Burke was the one who told me that. And, and uh, Burke had said how, how Keegan had helped him uh, prepare for playing Corey. And uh, it's just great how those two guys work together. And um, I'll tell you what, Keegan was a lot of fun. And the cool thing about this interview is um, I think as I got older, it's very important for me, you know, listen, if you know me, you know, the only thing I really care about is my family and uh, my wife and my kids and, you know, my extended family, obviously. But um, I think it's in this day and age where there's so many distractions for young people. Um, I think mentors outside of the house are crucial and it's obvious and I won't say anything. You'll hear it in this interview that, uh, I want to say Keegan had like an angel watching out for him, a, a, a person who's alive, <laughs> you know, not an angel, like in the traditional sense, but, uh, someone who's probably done that for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people before Keegan and maybe some people after him. Uh, it's sort of a selfless uh, role that people in that position, you'd want them to take on. And you hear it when Keegan speaks about her. Um, just the reverence that he has for her. It's it's so wonderful to hear it. You know, when I, when I interview guys that are around my age, it's like I'm talking to you know, my brother or buddy. But, you know, interviewing, you know, guys like Keegan, guys like Burke, you know, they're my kid's age. They're my son's age. So, um, you know, we don't have a lot in common. We're definitely different generations. I have more in common with Keegan's father and Burke's father than I do with them, probably, you know. So um, even some of the players that I've interviewed recently, like like Ross Olson, uh, Jimmy Mazza, Cedric Lacroix, these are all young guys. Now, they're not as young as... Burke and Keegan, but I probably have more in common with their dads. But when I when I interview guys like Keegan and like Burke, and I hear 
first of all, you know, if you've, you you heard the interview with Burke, he's he's an entrepreneur, guy's always working. And then you listen to Keegan and the stuff that he wants to accomplish and the stuff that he's already accomplished. It really, it, it gives me hope. Like there's so many kids that you just see, they look lost. They don't have any goals. They don't have any um, future plans. And you listen to these two guys and I, I just think the sky's the limit. And I think a lot of it has to do with first and foremost, coming from good families, caring families with um, fantastic parents and siblings uh, but also mentors and mentor can be someone, you know what a mentor is, but I think in Keegan's case, a mentor is someone from, from his school. And, uh, it sounds like someone who, who really, I, I said it in the interview and I'll say it here. She will probably never have any idea how many lives she has touched. Um, but there's probably a ton. And as I think back to my, my own kids going through school, certain teachers that take more of an interest than others, and, and not just with my sons, with other kids, it's just like, those are, those are special people. And, um, you know, it just like, I, I, I have such reverence for, for educators because they really, you know, you drop your kids off in the morning at school and, they're really, you're leaving them everyone else's hands. So when you have an educator that actually cares about your kids and wants to help them, and, you know, obviously it's, I'm sure it's easier to help a kid that has some sort of drive or direction or knows what they want to do. But then there's other kids that don't really know. And then at some point they decide, maybe this is for me. And then you get, again, you get that mentor mentor relationship. So, uh, I think that's probably aside, you know, obviously all the Shorzy stories and, and his hockey stories, that's probably my favorite part of this interview is, is, uh, the, the woman that he speaks about his mentor. And, uh, and uh, he had, he didn't use that word. I did, but, uh, but I think that's my favorite part of the interview because if Keegan is, is speaking about her, then you know that there's a ton of other kids around Keegan's age that feel the same way about her. Um, and it doesn't matter if they ever make it on television or in theater. Uh, I'm sure that she, over the years, has taught so many kids different life lessons. So, like I said, whether they end up on a stage or they end up working in a library, uh, be a lawyer, be a sanitation worker, uh, a deli clerk, a doctor, um, you take life lessons from these mentors along the way. and and, and that was my favorite part. So uh, definitely I want to thank Keegan for his time. This is a kid that starts work at 5, 5.30 in the morning. And I know the day that we chatted, he was taking his mom to the theater. So he kind of squeezed this in. And uh, I want to thank him for his time. And uh, I hope that you people enjoy this. Now, as far as next week goes, I do have an interview lined up, hopefully this week with someone. Uh, but I think even if I do that, I think next week, what we're going to do is we're going to do another off the Island and I'm going to use my Trevor Steinberg interview from the dead and buried Nordiques knuckles podcast. I know that this podcast has a much wider audience than that one ever did. I mean, that was short lived 13, 14 episodes. Uh, so next week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, I'm going to do another off the Island. It's going to be with Trevor Steinberg. And then after the Steinberg one, hopefully, this other person that I hope to interview this week, I'll get that done and I could bring that one to you as well. Uh, but that's about it for me. So, uh, folks, I hope that uh, you people enjoy this chat with Keegan Long. And until next week, everybody, please stay safe. Ladies and gentlemen, 
again, this is a big treat for me. Uh, I am I am on the line today with uh, a current TV star and someone I'm hoping in the future that I will see on Broadway at some point, uh, you know, or at Carnegie Hall where I work. I, I, I can't wait. I think the sky's the limit for this kid, and I'm really pumped. And, of course, uh, if you're a regular listener, I had uh, Bert Casabon on recently, who's Corey, and now I have his partner in crime, Keegan Long, who plays Liam. Keegan, how's it going today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Keegan, this is great. Thanks for doing this. So um, first things first, um, I've in my research, I, I found that you were apparently born in three different places. So if you could clear this up <laughs> for me, uh, you were either born in Stratford, North Perth, or Listowel. Can you clear? Can you clear that up? I grew up in North Perth. Yep. Okay, so you you were born mm-hmm. in Stratford, grew up in North Perth. Yep. Yeah. Where does Listowel come in? Um, yeah. So I um, I was about eight weeks early when I was born, so I was not a, like kind of my parents weren't expecting to have a kid that early. So um, I was rushed to Stratford, and then that's where I was born. But my parents lived in Listowel at the time, so as soon as I was born, I came back to Listowel, and I've been here since. Gee, you were preemie. Oh yeah, yeah. I was a uh, I was a tiny baby. I think I could fit in one hand, and I was born. So I don't know a lot of preemies that get over six feet tall. So good on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got some lucky there. And uh, so you're uh, you're 20, right? You're going to turn 21 later this year, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. All right. So uh, so this is I, I ask that because when I have other guests on, they're normally people that are a little bit older than you. And my question is, uh, as far as hockey goes. Who were you as a kid? And you're still a kid, but when you were out there playing youth hockey, uh, who was your favorite player? Who did you try to emulate? Um, well, growing up, uh, Sidney Crosby was always like like my, my biggest idol. Like my entire room's filled with posters and jerseys and stuff of that from him. So um, I've always tried to emulate Crosby. Obviously, that's kind of tough to do because he's yeah. <laughs> he's unreal. So I'd see my games kind of closer to um, maybe Patrice Bergeron. Not bad. Um, defensively um was a big thing for me that's what my dad preached and then obviously getting the points when i could so yeah, i would say bergeron for sure you always have to be responsible in your own end yeah definitely so uh so who's your favorite team i don't know if you'll like this because i think you're an islanders fan but uh i'm i'm a pens fan pittsburgh penguins i i am an islanders fan very good uh penguins don't bother me and uh okay, you know long, i didn't think you were going to say the rangers once you said uh Crosby, I figured you were going to be a, a, a Penguins fan. That's fine. Yeah, you know. yeah, diehard Pens fan. Well, entire life. I do feel bad for you. I don't really like their pick in GM. Uh, you know, being up in your area, you know, uh, you know all about the uh, analytics board <laughs> yeah, there. But yeah. uh, but we'll see what happens. No, I uh, listen. I uh, ton of respect for Crosby. That guy's amazing. And uh, and honestly, forget about what he does on the ice like the stuff i've heard about what he does off the ice with kids and stuff like that i mean you you know people always talk about oh he cindy crosby and he's a crybaby and stuff but that guy has uh, a ton of respect uh, from me because of uh, basically what he does not only for himself but for the sport i mean he's a tremendous ambassador so uh, so exactly. we're we're good that you're a pence fan that's no problem <laughs> yeah yeah good guy on and off the ice so that's good so uh, Listowel, that is the uh, the town that Letterkenny is based on. Yep, uh, yep, it is. How accurate is that description? How accurate is it portrayed in the show? You know what? I think it's it's pretty bang on, to be honest. Like you got all the groups in Letterkenny, um, and you got the Hicks, and you got the the Jocks, and all that, and it's the same as a small town like in Listowel, right? So, yeah. um, like in high school, especially, you have all the different groups, and even like 
just out of town like you got the people in the country like in the farms and having like um like corn stands and stuff around and then you got the hockey players and everything so it's it's pretty close for sure so where do you fit in uh which category are you <sighs> you know i'm gonna have to say i'm I'm probably probably one of like the, the jocks like the yeah. hockey players mm-hmm. i think um basically like with with liam but also kind of like with um riley and jonesy mm-hmm. like they're that's kind of exactly what it was as a kid right so yeah. Um, yeah, I would say I kind of fit into that category. You're not a DJ from upcountry, I hope. <laughs> nope, no, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so let's, uh, you brought up hockey. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, the stats that you sent me, uh, because uh, it's funny, like a few of the sites I went on that um, had your stats, it's pretty funny how they, they, had, they had it linked up to the Keegan Long, who's American. And it's like that's a, that should be your first giveaway that it's <laughs> yeah. not the right it's not the same guy, you yeah. Know? Uh, but you did send me so now I guess this is uh, minor hockey. Is it is it uh, so it looks like one year was under fifteen and then the rest of them were under eighteen. Uh, can you explain yeah? So that? it'd be like my last year of Bantam, then my midget career. Yeah. Okay. So the last year of Bantam was the sixteen seventeen. It looks like for most of these years you're a point of game guy. Uh, pretty impressive there. What position did you play? I was a centerman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah played center. Uh, any chance you wore number 87? Oh, I wish. No. Um, <laughs> we had a pretty slim picking of jersey numbers. Um, my favorite number is number nine. Okay. And my dad wore nine. My sister wears nine. So nine's kind of ran in our family for quite some time. Mm-hmm. So um, I was happy to wear nine. But but yeah, 87 would have been cool if we could <laughs> pick up those high numbers. <laughs> well, I know in some of the leagues, they pretty much have like, uh, you know, whether it's Little League baseball or hockey they pretty much have the jersey set up from like one to 30 or 35 and you pretty much just get the number of the jersey that you fit in was that something like that yeah yeah pretty much yeah that's basically kind of what it was i got you so uh so even though you're a point of game guy there was a couple of seasons here where you were a penalty minute a game guy so what was uh what was your game like uh as you played like you say you, you emulated bergeron but and again, this is your teenager you're a kid but right. you mix it up a little bit not fights but you know play a little chippy yeah, definitely. As I got older, I started to get a bit more lippy and uh, getting in a couple of those uh, two-hand slashes in the back of the legs and stuff like that. Um, when I was younger, I was always like super afraid to get a penalty. Mm. I thought my dad would be mad at me or something. So um, once I kind of got a first, my first couple, um, whenever that was, I started to kind of calm down. And um, then I kind of realized, like, well, it's, it's part of the game, right? So, uh, um, yeah, it happens. I, I liked being on the ice, though. I didn't really like being in the box. But... Um, as I was looking at the stats too, that was the first time I've ever seen them, and I was kind of surprised with how few penalty minutes I had in like my last couple of years. Because I know I know I was uh, jarring a lot at a lot of people and the refs sometimes. So um, I guess it's a good thing to have low pims, but yeah. um, I definitely thought it was a bit more. Well, the, the penalty minutes. If you're taking someone off with you, then that's okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Know, so. And that's what I tried to do. I tried yeah. to kind of do one for one. So, um, but as far as my game goes. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm my dad preached defense, so I'm um, always worked on my faceoffs. Um, that was a big thing for me was to be strong in the circle, and uh, I was always on the penalty kill and stuff too. So um, getting the pucks out, um, I, I did grind along the boards. I had pretty good hands too, so um, like bowing in front of the net and along the boards or in the corners, I was uh, pretty handy with just being able to get my stick down because I think my stick was like half my chest. Like it was super <laughs> small, and I was <laughs> kind of got tripped from that from the boys. So. Um, yeah, I like to grind the corners. I wasn't afraid to get dirty. Um, and then when the opportunities came to put the puck in the net, I like to think I could do that. So, 
Now, were you always a, a tall kid? Because I kind of figure when you're younger, you're probably taller than most of the kids. So did that kind of make you a target? Actually, um, not overly. I'm not a huge guy. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty thin. Yeah. So um, I kind of shot up maybe uh, second year Bantam or whatever. But no, I was. I'm always played against because I'm a late birthday, right? So okay. I was always played against guys older. So okay. I wouldn't say I was. I wasn't small by any means, but mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't like a big kid out on the ice. And uh, I also um, saw in the research that you really uh, were an avid baseball player as well. Yeah, yeah, baseball. Uh, just I love it just as much as hockey. I think hockey growing up was more important, but as I kind of aged and matured, baseball is definitely a huge part of my life. Um, played it all the way through. Um, played multiple different teams, different levels. Um, I had the opportunity to go to the Ontario Summer Games, which is kind of it's a, basically like a little mini Olympics for. Uh, for Ontario, Ontario residents, so um, I got to do that when I was in grade eight, I think, and that was pretty cool to be able to play against the best guys in the in the province. So uh, I think after that, that really boosted my confidence um, as a ball player. So uh, yeah, I definitely um, continued with that. What position did you play in baseball? I play center field and pitcher. Oh yeah, I can track a ball like no tomorrow. But my, I mean, my <laughs> arm's not the greatest not anymore. But yeah. Um, yeah, I can I can catch a ball and I can run fast, so I think that's all you really need out there. Uh, were you Jays fan? I I kind of have to be. Yeah, I yeah. do like the Jays. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's cool to see what they're doing. Um, I also really like the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Clayton Kershaw. So yeah. uh, to see the success that they've had, it's been cool. Uh, who's your favorite player? I would say Mike Trout of the Angels. Um, he's a center fielder. <laughs> yeah, obviously one of the best players in the world. So um, it's always cool to see him play. So you had mentioned your uh, your dad and your sister. Tell me a little bit about your family. So to quote uh, Shorzy when he was talking to Goody, uh, is your old man a Leafs fan? No, he's not a Leafs fan. Um, kind of. I'm not going to say thank God, but I'm kind of okay <laughs> with say, that. You could say thank I mean, God to me. I'm not a huge Leafs fan, but I mean, I'll support them when they make a run. But yeah. uh, that's definitely a big thing, kind of like what Bert said in his podcast. Is yeah. Like everyone around you is a Leafs fan, right? So mm. no, he wasn't a Leafs fan. He uh, really liked Gretzky, so he's a big Oilers guy. Nice. Uh, growing up i got you and your your sister plays hockey too right or played hockey yep yeah she uh she played minor hockey with all the boys mm-hmm. um growing up and then when she got to a certain age i think maybe 15 or 16 she transitioned to to girls hockey and um, played in stratford um with kind of girls her age and stuff so uh, yeah she's actually a pretty good player too so my dad he was also a pretty strong hockey player so uh we kind of all take it from him uh does your sister still play Nope, she's uh she's graduated minor hockey now, mm-hmm. so I don't know if she's gonna do intramurals or anything at school. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I don't think she's playing right now since COVID anyway. Okay, and uh, of course I have to ask about mom because uh, you know we touched on your dad and your sister. I think it's just the four of you, right? Yep, just us four. Yeah. So tell me about mom. Um. Well, mom doesn't really have the athletic side mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to us, but that's yeah. totally okay. Um, yeah. I mean, you play her in bocce ball, rock, paper, scissors, and you're cooked. So, yeah. <laughs> um, she's a, but that's not really what she's about. She's yep. more the the family first and the, and the, like the caring and loving type of type of person. So I think that's kind of where I get most of my manners and stuff is from her side, her and her side of the family. Whereas my competitive and athletic side comes from my dad's side because uh, like his whole family too was really good athletes and played all different sports and everything. So it's no, a good but- good balance of both. 
That's excellent. That's the important stuff. The manners <laughs> and stuff you take with you the rest of your life. That's excellent to hear. Yeah, exactly. When did when did you first get hit with the acting bug? Um, do you remember when? And do you remember why? Like, was it a was it a movie? Was it a TV show? Was it a particular actor? What what was it that uh, it hit you that way and you wanted to pursue it? Yeah. So, um, like in public school and stuff, there there was no exposure to it. I basically knew nothing about it because. I mean, it's not really a big thing from, like, a small town of 10,000 people, right? There's there's not much of that stuff going on. Um, but then once I got to high school, like, our orientation day for high school, um, we took a tour of the, to the drama class, and the teacher, Steph Webster, who was a, a very important person in my life, um, and another student, they did kind of a little scene in front of us, and it totally got me. Like, they did a little fight scene, they got mad at each other. And being a, being a naive kid, um, just coming in for the first time and seeing that, I was, like, kind of blown away. So um, I took high school through – um, trauma throughout all of high school um grade nine i liked it i was just kind of testing the waters um and then grade 10 um it was right when stranger things was a really big show mm-hmm. and i just remember there was this one scene in the first season um it was like the snowball dance or something and it was 11 and uh and mike there they had this sort of relation the connection in the in that scene and i just remember like, looking at that and kind of having like this realization moment like like these kids are younger than me they're like 14 15 the, they got the entire world in their hands everyone knows who they are like obviously they're making good money with the show and like they're doing really well so i just i don't know something i was like like wow if like kids this young can make this big of an impact on me and everybody else like that's pretty cool so i think i watched that and i kind of realized maybe it'd be something i'd be interested in doing and then um yeah the next day at school i went into Steph Webster's office, my drama teacher, and I said, I think maybe this is something that I'd like to try, and she was fully supportive of me, and um, yeah, kept taking it throughout high school and, and practicing, and yeah, and kind of led to where we are. And um, now, is it just the uh, the acting side that you're into? Because I know a lot of times um, actors, they eventually go into directing and writing and producing. Uh, any interest in that side of the business, or is, are you just focusing on acting right now? Yeah, I um I got some interest in that. Obviously, kind of acting is my main priority right now, or what I'm trying to focus on. But um, I've done a little bit of writing myself for some like just different short films or shows or um, like plays or whatever it is. Just kind of draw notes and brainstorming. And um, I've done a little bit of directing, like just not nothing for anything huge, but um, like with other people, kind of directing a small show or something. So um, I'm really interested in that too. Um, I think once I graduate university and I kind of go off on my own. I think I'll explore that a bit more. But um, but yeah, like definitely, definitely the writing's kind of a um, an interesting thing that I've kind of floated around with, and uh, looking forward to maybe doing in the future. Um, directing is kind of a different story because I mean, I think if I'm behind behind the stage or the camera, I, I'll want to be in front or on mm-hmm. stage. So um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that goes. Now your high school is that the Listowel District Secondary School? Is that yeah. your high school? Okay. Yeah, OBSS. Yeah. Uh, because I saw that um, one of the things that I, I found was that you uh, helped your school to regionals uh, NTS Drama Festival. So, uh, is this a is this a uh, local town thing? Is it an Ontario thing? Tell me about that. Yeah. So basically, um, we have the drama class like I kind of just explained, and that's right. like anybody can take it um, right. throughout high school. Then we have sort of like I guess it's like a club. Um, it's called Black Door Theater, and it's basically outside of school, and people that want to be a part of it, they can, and um, basically you put on a couple shows a year, and then one show that happens in the su- or in the spring, um, basically you go to a different 
place and you compete against all the different high schools in the area um, with the show that they put on. And um, the winner, like the three winners of that, of like the region, or I guess it would be called the districts first. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like all the Southwestern Ontario high schools um, would move on to regionals. And then the regionals would be kind of more broad in Ontario. And then um, if you are successful enough or you win that, then you go on to, um, I think it's like provincials. Mm-hmm. So then that's like all of Ontario, all the high schools. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it's always, I only got to do it one year because, mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, I was um, grade 9 and 10. I was a little bit, a little bit nervous to join Black Door, just, you know, being a hockey kid and everything. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure what people would think. Um, so I took it in grade 11 and grade 12. And, uh, yeah, grade 11, um, we, uh, we put on a show and, uh, yeah, we made it to, to regionals and that was a huge deal, um, for me and for everybody else, a part of it. So, and then obviously grade 12, there was a, the COVID shortened year, right? Mm-hmm. So we weren't able to do that, but I'm pretty sure we would have locked into regionals too, because we had a great show. So now you mentioned, you know, the hockey kid going into theater, obviously we've all been to high school. It's, it's clicky no matter when you went, whether you're me going in the eighties or you go in the you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, how how were you accepted? Was it something where you, you had to kind of prove yourself to show them you were serious about it? You weren't this uh, this jock walking in thinking, hey, I can do this too. Did you have to prove yourself to them? Yeah, yeah, it was tough, man. I mean, um, obviously I kind of knew what I was getting into, um, like playing playing like sports and stuff in high school on like the high school teams and everything and playing like hockey and baseball outside of that. Um, and then just joining that randomly without you know, nobody really, I just kind of did it. I didn't really tell anybody. And, um, obviously people found out. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was difficult, um, because I mean, really the only person that I can relate to is Jared because he did this, he was the same kind of guy, right? Played, played sports and then got into the arts. Um, so like, honestly, I felt pretty alone for some of it. Um, because like at hockey or baseball or something, like the guys that would, you know, chirp me and, and say stuff and call me names and everything yeah. mm-hmm. and I, I just brush it off i mean yeah. i know how the guys are right. then also like being in the in the drama space um those like those um like people in there like are looking at me as like some sort of jock that's yeah. probably like an asshole just uh <laughs> you know like kind of judging everyone and everything so yeah it was uh it was definitely difficult um to try to balance that and try to fit in i remember like there was times throughout the year where i'd just go into Steph Webster's office and just cried because I felt so like alone. I didn't really have anyone to turn to, mm-hmm. um, with like with that and trying to navigate doing both both um, fields of that. So, and I'm not knocking either of like my hockey players or, sure. or like hockey friends or um, the, the, my fellow actors and everything. Like, obviously, I see where they're coming from. It's it's something you don't see very often, right? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was definitely difficult. Um, but I think after uh, after they kind of saw me. I mean, they, none of them really, none of the my hockey friends really came to watching the shows or anything. I think I can count maybe one or two of my friends to come support me like that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes as we were like warming up for a big show, we'd do it for some of the classes mm-hmm. and they would be in there and they'd see me kind of being the lead on stage. And then I think there's a bit more respect from that there yeah. after they kind of see me go at it. And then definitely once Shorzy came, uh, like that all kind of turned and they, uh, they kind of pat me on the back now, so. Yeah, no. it was a it was a journey for sure, but um, you know it's a part of the ride, so um, rolling with it. Hey, you know what? I mean, high school is high school's tough. I mean, it's a, it's a tough sled there, and especially uh, 
you know, like you said, um, you know, there were times where you felt alone and, and getting chirped and this and that, but you know what, that's the kind of stuff that you look back on at a certain point and it just makes you stronger, you know, and for exactly. some, yep. for someone like you, you came from one world, you go into the other world and you have to prove yourself to both worlds really. So yeah, for it, sure. it's just the kind of thing that, that will build character and build strength down the road. So, and you know what, honestly, I, I don't know you other than the messages that we've, uh, we've shared in this, this chat today, but I'm sure you're a much stronger person now than you were five, six years ago because of that, of stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I think so. I think, and especially being in this space, like in the whole um, entertainment industry, like you gotta have tough skin because yeah. there's a lot of rejection. So I think, Getting a taste of that nice and early um, definitely has kind of helped me um, handle those blows uh, going forward. So, yeah, I wouldn't change it for anything. It's part of my journey. So, um, yeah, it's, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about when I when I saw that, uh, I got a chuckle out of it, only because it just sound for someone like me that's not an actor. Uh, stage combat. It says, this is where you were trained in stage combat, stage combat, improvis- improvisation, dancing and fencing so obviously i that other stuff i would think so but it's just funny because you just the stage combat the phrase sounds goofy until you think about everything that's out there whether it's an action movie or just a scene in a tv show or or a play where there's a fight or or something it really is used more than you think (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah it's uh it's a lot more than what you think especially even if it's not like a fight or something there's still the like the the big movements and stuff it's all choreographed right so yeah um i think most of those training sessions came with um came with the festival it was called the nts festival like mm-hmm. when you put on a show and then go compete against other schools um so when you weren't performing shows there'd be a day of full of like workshops and stuff so then you could sign up for them with like trained professionals and they would kind of show you their ropes so that's where most of those came from if you uh, and you did listen to the uh, when I had uh, Burke on and, and the part that I had mentioned, the respect I have for theater actors, it's, uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I couldn't do any of it. I don't think I, I don't think I could anyway. I couldn't do stage. That's for sure. And to me, and just the difference between the stage acting and everything else is you're on and that's it. There's no cut let's do it again i mean yeah. that to me is is unbelievable and my wife loves the theater here in new york and and we go maybe once a year once every two years and we we went to see phantom of the opera uh before it closed down again and we had really good seats and i just sit there and i'm like i'm in awe of them because i i don't care that they do this maybe twice a day for however ever many years they do it each time you go out there there's a chance that you could mess up and I'm sure a lot oh, of it, absolutely. a lot of it's muscle memory, but the, the, the admiration I have for stage actors is, is off the charts. I mean, what you guys do is phenomenal. Um, one thing I want to ask you about the, the improv, that is something you have to be quick on your feet. You know? Oh yeah. So, so <laughs> that, you know, like that, uh, Drew Carey has his show here. I don't know if it's up in Canada. Uh, all, a lot of his, his group, it's like all improv stuff. I mean, how is your improv game? Um, well, I would, I would say it's, it's, it's not bad. I mean, it's better than it was when I was starting grade 10 or 11 or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it is tough. It's really tough. Um, because you have nothing to go off of, right? It's just for what you hear and you had to go right, you know, snap the fingers and you're back at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's different. Um, especially like when there's like kind of a hiccup or uh, like something happens in a show, like a theater show mm-hmm. that's not expected. You, in order to save it, you have to improv, right? Improvise. Yeah. So 
um yeah it's it's different it's difficult too um i remember like like sometimes like just me and some some of my you know theater friends we would just do an improv scene for fun just to practice and um do it for maybe 10 15 minutes and see where it leads and sometimes you start with one thing and it goes totally left and then you're talking about something totally different mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's kind of fun to play around with but it's definitely a it's definitely a challenge i just think as far as acting goes like you can you can start out being a decent dancer and you can practice dancing and get better. I just think improv is something that would be so hard to master. And I, I would honestly bet there are some people that are established actors that still aren't necessarily great at it. It's a skill that I think you either have that you can improve or maybe you don't have. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, um, it's not easy to become a master at a trade like or a trick like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not by no means good at it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I can hold my own, but I wouldn't say I'm like fantastic at it. Yeah, it's just something that comes with practice, and um, obviously, like you said, you have to have kind of that that skill. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just naturally good with it, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely tough to learn. <laughs> you mentioned Jared, which of course is Jared Kiso. So uh, I don't really remember anyone from my high school, uh, you know, walking down the halls and seeing pictures of anyone who became something but i remember when my sons went to high school they had uh at least one player who made the the big leagues and stuff and they had like a a case set up with this picture and stuff like that so uh for someone like jared you know like say small town uh is he sort of um i don't want to say a hero Uh, it might be a little too but is he sort of someone that you and maybe a lot of other kids who want to go into acting maybe idolize a little bit because hey he did it he came from the same town as us and look how successful he is oh absolutely yeah even even people that aren't into like the arts and acting and everything um, yeah like i think every kid even like like most of the adults around here like mm-hmm. to see what he's done it, it's unreal and yeah, uh, yeah that people uh definitely have a lot of admiration for him and He's he's a he's a big deal around here. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, true or not, you worked at J. H. Kiso and Son Sawmill at some point. Yep, that's true. Yep, right that, before I got into acting. Was that like a high school job or something like that? Yeah, yeah, just the okay. high school after work kind of, or after school kind of thing. That's something else you guys have in common, apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people in the Shorzy universe obviously know who you are, uh, but I know some people who watch Shorzy that didn't watch Letter that never watched Letter Kenny. Uh, but what they would know if they did watch it is you had an appearance on Letterkenny in season nine. Uh, you played Mark, um, a kids with problems episode. So how did that come about? Yeah. Yep. I did do that. Um, <laughs> it was kind of, kind of lucky to be honest. Um, like I said, Steph Webster, who was my high school drama teacher, um, she actually worked with Jared when he was still enlistable, doing, um, like just like outside of school theater shows and everything. Mm-hmm. So those two were pretty close, and um, and Jared texted her. I think I was in grade eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, he texted her to say, um, like, "Hey, like, bring up your class, and they can be extras on the show." So then, um, basically, we went up, and uh, we were extras for. I think that was season eight. Okay. That was the year before I was actually on as Mark. Okay. And uh, it's funny because the scene that we were there to be extras for was, was Shorzy and Riley and Jonesy. And I think I think JJ Frankie JJ was on the ice for that. Okay. So cool. it, it's kind of cool that yeah. all worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then the next year um, he texted uh, Steph again and said, hey, I got like an opportunity for you guys to come up. Um, is there a couple people that might be interested in having some lines? Mm-hmm. And um, so basically I read for some of the lines that he sent some of the characters for him and for Steph and 
they said, yeah, I could take on the role of Mark. So uh, we went up and filmed for a day. Uh, that was my first time ever, like, really, really being a part of, like, a, a film a film set. Um, so that was pretty surreal. And uh, just to be, like, face-to-face with Jared and, and like, you know, like, all of the other guys, you know what I mean? Um, like, the whole cast was there. Yeah. So, like, because, like, like, you know, they, they all, like, kind of, they pick at us because we're being little shitheads, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. uh, mm-hmm. it was cool to be, like, up and close and personal with all those all those uh, actors because I knew them all, right, from watching yep. the show. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I uh, showed up nice and early in the morning, <laughs> probably, like, 5 in the morning. Um, they sent me to hair and makeup, mm-hmm. and uh, they gave me this cool little um, outfit. Yeah. And I was told before I went on that I was a, a younger skid. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was kind of kind of thinking like how would how would that kind of be and mm-hmm. yeah it was cool um it was uh my first kind of taste of being a part of the industry so uh uh yeah it's definitely a special moment for sure you're leaving there that day right uh, yeah I'd just be on cloud nine. Oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah it was it was so surreal and mm-hmm. <laughs> like probably one of the coolest moments of my life honestly because mm-hmm. that's that was the first taste of it and then everything that follows I can kind of relate back to see where I started from so uh yeah it's definitely a definitely something i'm very honored to have done now here's something else i saw and it was really funny because i watch the uh the dark side shows on uh, on vice i watch all of those i think they're oh, nice and um like i i love dark side of the ring they do that when i love all those shows because a lot of those wrestling shows are from back when i used to watch it so i but dark side of the 90s dark side 2000s i watch all that stuff and i found out that you played brian austin green a reenactment for brian austin <laughs> yeah green yeah i did in the uh, the tv and it's funny so i go back and i and i look because now they're doing like a reboot of it with i guess extra stuff and uh, i'm like oh let's see if this is on demand because i know i watched the episode but i i Obviously, I didn't know you were in it at the time. Right. And uh, so I went to look for it on demand, and it's actually being played uh, this week or next week. Oh, really? So, so yeah. <laughs> no so, way. I, yeah. So, it's going to be on, I think, next I think next Wednesday or Tuesday it's on. So, set your uh, wall. Yeah, we I'll have, have to do that. We have DVRs. I think you guys have PVRs. Is that what it is up in Canada or something? Or I don't know. Yeah, honestly, I'm not okay. sure. I'm just a streaming service kind of guy. So. I got you. Oh yeah, you're. That's right. That's right. How did that come about? Yeah, so that was actually my first time being on set by myself without. Obviously, the first time with Letterkenny, I had, I had like my student, like my t- um, classmates around me and everything. Um, so that was my first time that I was there by myself, and I was pretty nervous, obviously, because um, I was kind of there to fend for my own. And um, basically, my agent sent me a. Um, send me like the the audition for it and i just send a bunch of pictures and measurements and scans and of my body and stuff like that um and yeah they they uh i guess i looked enough like a brian austin green so uh <laughs> they booked me and then um i went up and it's it's kind of funny because i remember uh i got the call sheet the night before and the the first thing on it was like an intimate scene it was basically what one of the scenes was was it was almost like the beginning of a sex scene okay um for as like we were acting right so yeah. like we weren't actually doing it but uh i remember i texted jared and i'm like hey like i guess i gotta go be in bed with somebody like like what's gonna happen here like i'm <laughs> i don't know what yeah. to expect and right. he's like oh like, don't worry about it man there's hundreds of cameras and stuff around and it's a job right mm-hmm. so like there will be no no intimate connection that you guys will have between each other so that made me feel pretty good mm-hmm. um going there but uh but yeah it was it was uh it was a cool day um it was in toronto it was at like a little studio and uh we actually filmed a bunch of different scenes. It wasn't 
I didn't just play Brian Austin Green. That was like my main part. Okay. But then I remember I played like some cameraman for for another scene and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a one day thing. But it was my first time being on set and kind of testing it out by myself. So uh, that that was pretty cool. And it, yeah, it's funny. Um, I think the girl I was in in bed with was like 40 years old, and I'm like an 18 year old kid. So um, it was interesting, but um, it was a cool experience, and I definitely learned a lot from it. So yeah, I wouldn't change it for sure. Now here's the big question: When you got when you got the part, did you even know who Brian Austin Green was? Um, I I had an idea. I had to search him up. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah. Um, but then I saw was was he with was it Megan Fox? Uh, I think, I think so. Yeah, I think Megan Fox, and I'm like, yes, like yeah. <laughs> pretend I'm with Megan yeah. Fox. So uh, <laughs> I think, but he's... yeah, I did have to search him up, and obviously, I I kind of knew who he was, but I didn't yeah. really know who he was. So did a bit of research and went out. I think he's been with a couple of high-profile actresses in his life, but I just started laughing because I saw that, and then I saw I I saw it I think on Twitter yesterday where it was his birthday and he turned fifty, and I'm like, he's younger really? than me. I said, this kid, there's no way he knew who Brian Austin Green was at the time. So <laughs> no, you know. yeah, I had to do some research yeah. for sure. <laughs> I don't know if this is out yet. Uh, one of the things I said, I, what's SSE in the acting world? Um, it's a a specialist special skills extra or something okay. something like that it's okay. ba- it's like an extra but it's a bit more high profile than that mm-hmm. it's that- somebody that doesn't have lines but it's someone that's more than just a background character okay and this is something you did for a netflix show correct yeah um i think i can it's it's for you know, ever heard of the boys yeah the super yeah it's one, a, right? a spinoff of that show okay a, they're coming out the tv show i don't think it's out yet so i don't know how much i can say yeah but um yeah yeah another thing just a a one day thing went out okay. there and um, filmed a couple scenes and mm-hmm. and that was that. But yeah, it should be it should be interesting because it has a lot of the same characters as the boys and mm-hmm. it's kind of filmed in the same location. So yeah, it'll, yeah, it would be interesting. Well, I don't have the listenership of uh, Bissonette or Joe Rogan, so I, <laughs> I don't think you'll get in trouble anyway. So uh. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, and now you are you're attending York University, correct? Yeah, safe to assume you're a theater major. Yes, I am. Yeah, okay. specializing in uh, performance creation. So, cool. Now I'm looking at your resume, and I see a bunch of things. And one thing that jumps out, and maybe I'm over overstating this, but is there any pressure when you're you're playing someone like John Candy, who is like a Canadian icon, and everybody knows who it is? Apparently, did you play John Candy in a, a presentation called Candyland? Yeah, it's kind of funny you say that. Um, mm-hmm. That one was it wasn't the actual John Candy; it was just another another character named that. That's okay, that came up. So okay. yeah, that was a that was one of the projects I did was for school. Okay. Um. So I just I played um, a candy man, and <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. it, was, it was fun. It was just a, another little um, assignment that we had to do. So now, if it was John Candy, someone who everybody worldwide knows, and and I don't know how many people go and watch these performances in college but even if it's just the students if you had to play someone like john candy who everybody knows would that be extra pressure i think so yeah Yeah, i think i think definitely um you know like when there's someone with that high a profile Mm -hmm. um and that that much attention you kind of you want to do them justice and 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 do uh you know like look good for them and like and make them appear well and um so I think, yeah, there'd definitely be some extra extra pressure to that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, it'd still be an amazing challenge to try. 
Um, but I think when you're at a, playing somewhere with that much status, um, you kind of you have to be careful and really do your research before of kind of what you're getting into. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Reese's. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus legal requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Let's get to Shorzy. How did you uh, How did you hear about the Letterkenny spinoff Shorzy? How did you hear about that? So my mom sent me this. <laughs> to be honest, like incredibly shitty looking casting call for <laughs> a letter candy spinoff. It didn't say Shorzy. Right. Like it, oh my, it looked so fake. Like I thought maybe like a 10 year old made it to be right. honest. And mm-hmm. I was like, is this even real? Cause I saw it was for letter candy, mm-hmm. like a letter candy spinoff. So I, uh, basically I just texted my agent. I was like, Hey, if this is legit, can I, like, can I even audition for it? And she, she said, yeah. So then we got in contact with them and they sent me, I think it was, four or five pages of sides and um actually when i read the sides it was um it was three characters it was three high school kids so um i read for all three of them i read for liam Corey, and the other other kid Mm -hmm. and um i just filmed with my mom in my basement and uh it took a while uh it took a couple hours and uh (laughs) it's funny there's like one of the first auditions my mom did with me and Mm -hmm. My mom, like, just hearing my mom, like, pretend to be Shorzy. Because always I knew who Shorzy was. And, like, her, like, trying to get into it. It was, uh, it kind of cracked me up a couple times. And I couldn't really stay in character. So, yeah, it was a fun little challenge. And, uh, yeah, basically I filmed it. And then I sent it off. And then a couple days later, they, uh, they emailed me back and said, hey, like, can you send some pictures? Do, like, a little interview, basically. So, basically I sent some hockey pictures and hockey videos and me playing and stuff and then basically just described the kind of player I was and uh sent that off and then a couple months later I was at school kind of forgot about it and um I got a call from Steph Webster <laughs> back to yep. her and um she said like just a normal checkup call and um she said somebody wants to talk to you and it was Jared Steph like I said is a very important person in my life that's helped me become the person and the artist I am today and mm-hmm. obviously she's very good very close with Jared. Yeah. So I thought it was just going to be a regular call. And, uh, and it was Jared on the line and he broke the news to me basically just, uh, out of the blue call from Jared. And he 
said he loved my audition and wanted me to come up and be a part of the greatest hockey show on earth. So that was pretty, <laughs> pretty ecstatic. And I remember I was right beside my, one of my roommates at the time and he just sees me like starting to freak out. So yeah, yeah it was definitely cool and definitely one of the, the biggest moments I'll f- remember forever. Sounds like you come from a, a really good family. You got, you know, your good parents are supportive, your sister. I think it's great that you keep mentioning Steph because I think it's important that we have um, other people in our lives. You know, family's the most important. There's no question. Uh, but when you have someone like that who really takes a liking to you and wants to help you, and it's obvious just from the 40 minutes that we've been speaking now how how important she is to you and how important she'll be going forward. And uh, and I, I I just think it's amazing. So um, it'll be cool when when you get your uh, Academy Award or your Tony uh, <laughs> hearing you uh, hearing you mention her. So I, I just think that's phenomenal. It's it's really you know it's really great to hear because uh, you know the, I always say the way the world is now there's just so much negativity and exactly so much awfulness but you know you have your family you can rely on you have you have Steph to rely on so I just I love positive things and I think I I think the way that uh the reverence that you speak you speak about Steph with is amazing and I I just had to say it yeah thank you I appreciate that yeah she's a she's huge to me she's helped me with pretty much everything like uh, she was the first one I told that I wanted to get into to the arts and um fully supportive and said she'd help any way she can and there was times where like we would like when I was getting ready to go off to school and picking which school I'd maybe want to go to, like she would take time out of her day to come sit with me and, and look at different options and different routes that would might work. Mm-hmm. And she was there and if I had any questions she would she'd be there to ask or to answer them. And uh and she I gotta thank her too, because she's the one that kinda got me connected to Jared. Yeah. Um I remember I think I might have been grade ten, like when I first was interested. Um yeah. she reached out to Jared and said uh, like, hey, I got a student here that is interested in potentially becoming an actor, and uh, and Jared, like like the the great guy he is, um, fully responded with an email and different tips and uh, and stuff to kind of to kind of go off of with how to approach the industry and how to get into it and everything. So, uh, um, yeah, Steph is a, a major major part of my life. She uh, was there when really I felt like I didn't have anybody as far as yeah. like in in the the acting space and she was there and, and giving me opportunities and helping me uh, perfect my craft and everything. And um, actually I, I kind of want to bring this up. It's a little bit off topic, but um, um, I did a show with her. Um, it was at theater 311, which is basically the theater that she used to own. And that's where Jared would do his, uh, do his theater stuff mm-hmm. um, like the shows and everything. Um, so when I first did, did my first year of, Black Door Theater. Um, I got pretty close with a couple of the older, like the graduates, mm-hmm. and she uh, took time and, and came to us and suggested maybe we, uh, you know, we. Um, sorry, my dog's really barking. I don't that's, know if you can no, hear that. No, it's no problem. Listen, my dog has been in some of these episodes, but uh, she's a little dog, so she doesn't sound as big as yours. That's <laughs> yeah, all he's, good. Uh, he's very vocal. That's um, no problem. But anyway, as attention. I was saying, um, she came to us and uh, said, "Hey, I got this three-person show." Um, that maybe you guys would be interested in doing in the summer just to, you know, get more experience and stuff like that. Um, but right as the time where we started to plan it out, she, uh, she got diagnosed with cancer. Oh. So um, she wasn't really able to help us create the show. So me and uh, two good friends of mine that really uh, influenced me to become part of Black Door that kind of changed the tide, uh, Cameron McCluskey and Brenda Jansen. Um, they uh, basically us three, um, we went back to the abandoned theater. We completely cleaned it up. 
um, revamped it, um, learned all of our lines, uh, made the set and everything, and uh, put on the show at the end of the summer. And that was actually the first time I ever got paid for any sort of acting. It, it was just for fun, like for the community. Um, we did it at the theater, then a couple bars we would do it for um, whoever, like the audience there. Um, so yeah, we put it together and she was, uh, able to come watch one of the shows, which is very, very, uh, huge for us. Oh, yeah. Um, because she worked so hard behind the scenes for, for everything that we did mm-hmm. and, um, to be able to see her there, um, you know, enjoying the show like everybody else and everything. Um, it, it was spectacular. And, and that was probably, probably one of the, the greatest, at least theater experiences that I've had. Uh, obviously I'm still pretty young and hopefully there's a lot more to come, but, um, that I had like to this date, probably just her there and um, the show that we worked so hard to do um, us three on our own um, for, for the public and everything. It was, uh, it was pretty special. Well, I have goosebumps. I don't know about you, but I definitely have goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, it's uh it gets me every time I think about it, to be honest. How is she doing now? She's great now. Yeah. Yep. She's uh she's cancer free. And um, actually I just saw her about a month ago. We went out for dinner. Yeah caught up she's doing well um she has a new job now she's not the drama teacher she's a principal so nice. uh, yeah she's doing well her um actually i think one of her kids is coming to york like to the school i'm at nice so that'll be interesting hopefully i can connect with her and uh show her around basically oh that's amazing i'm glad that uh i'm glad that you said that yeah hey this is your interview you can go off topic whenever you want us, <laughs> especially for something like that that's amazing yeah just just something i feel like well, I guess it's for her too, but also like it was, it was a big, big moment for me too in my theater and you know acting career. To, that was my first kind of outside of school production. So uh, yeah, that was a pretty special summer for sure. That's amazing. You know, the, the coolest part is like she'll never know how many people she's actually touched over the years. Like she'll she'll have no idea. She'll know that she has. But she'll never know that, you know, years from now, people will be talking about her. She just seems like that kind of person. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I know I'm not the only person. Yeah. Like, like I think everybody in that in that drama space um, that she worked with, and even people before me, um, mm-hmm. she, yeah, everyone has nothing but good things to say about her. So, so you were a big help when I interviewed Burke. Uh, you gave me some things I could ask him, and when I reached out to Burke, he said, well, actually, a lot of the stuff that – Keegan brought up you could ask him about because you covered so many things so uh so I'm gonna throw some of your questions back at you here and uh, and get your opinion so uh first and foremost uh during your scenes you mentioned that uh you the cages that you wore those big bulky cages uh said that you and Burke really didn't like having to wear those uh what was the story with those big cages yeah yeah oh my gosh did I ever hate those <laughs> Yeah, uh, like basically, like I right before we were supposed to go on, I threw my helmet on, and they said, "No, like we got one here for you." And it was like, it was a large, and I got a small yeah. head, so it was like <laughs> it was looked like a bobblehead, and I was not really having it with with that. So I I basically just tightened it up as much as I could and everything. Um, and like the cage is so wide, and I got a pretty narrow face, so it just looks massive. But mm-hmm. but like Burke said, it's part of the look, right? The, right. That high school look. So. Right. Um, you know, I, I took that one on the chin, uh, even though I kind of <laughs> knew how I looked. But, um, but, yeah, the cages, it was, and the helmets were big. I think you could probably see in some of the scenes yeah. that were kind of, like, like putting the, the cage up so it would stay on and everything. Uh, but, yeah, the cages were, uh, it was a challenge. But, you know, like I said, it was part of the look, right? So, yeah, it fits perfect for the characters. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it worked out. Also, tell me about the uh, pizza vending machine. Yeah, so um, right outside the Radisson, 
like the hotel where we normally stayed at, um, there was like this this pizza vending machine. Um, like we're literally like ten steps from the front door, and you know at night when we're we're uh, we're feeling good, you know, have a couple of drinks or whatever. Or like even when we're hungry in the middle of the day or something, and um, we didn't couldn't go anywhere to get food, especially at night when it was everything was closed. So uh, we we'd walk out there, and they had probably like twelve different options of different pizzas and. You know, that was the first time I've I've ever seen a pizza machine, vending machine. Like I've seen like yeah. snack machines, but a pizza machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, the first time I saw it. I was pretty taken away, and as and there's so many different options too. And <laughs> yeah, so we tried it out, and it, it, I mean, it was it was pretty soggy to be honest. It wasn't great pizza, <laughs> but um, it was good. Like for what you're what you're getting from a vending machine, it's about as good as you can expect. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't. It was closed down season season two so that was a bit of a bummer but uh, someone else realized that you're not supposed to get pizza from a vending machine <laughs> yeah yeah there's um, better places to get it so tell me uh one of the things you told me to ask burke was uh about when you wrapped up filming the first day and uh you said that uh jared wanted to treat you guys for dinner at the keg so tell me about that story yeah that um yeah, it was our first day on set, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was the the stand scenes with just mm-hmm. me and Burke, yeah. and that was kind of like not, it wasn't really the the first time, but it, right. we, uh, Burke and I definitely weren't like super close yet. Yeah, um, we were still getting to know each other, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, we filmed those and did all the other reaction scenes and everything. And as soon as they yelled "rap," like everybody was clapping for us, and Jared and uh, and Jacob came and gave us big hugs and said how amazing job we did, and so that made us feel good, right? As like mm-hmm. the new kids coming in first yeah. time on set. Mm-hmm. Um, just to feel like we did something like accomplishable. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jared, Jared just like handed us his, uh, his credit card and said, like, go wild, you know, treat yourselves. You deserve mm-hmm. it. Uh, go to the keg and get whatever you want. So he gave us his credit card and we went to the keg and just me and Burke, we went mm-hmm. to the keg and kind of spoiled ourselves. Um, nice. And that was, I think at the keg, that was really when, um, Burke and I kind of became close because it's just us two, right? So that's yeah. where we really got to get to know each other mm-hmm. and get comfortable with each other and everything. So uh, over a nice, uh, nice meal that mm-hmm. is free for us. Yeah. Um. That yeah, that was pretty huge, especially you know, like the weight lifted off our shoulders of the first day and being able to relax like that and enjoy a nice dinner and get to know each other a bit more. Um. Yeah, it was it was a very special and and great like great thing he did for us. Like he obviously he didn't have to do it, so we're right. very thankful for that. But uh. But yeah, that was a uh, that was quite the quite the day. Uh, how does Keegan Long take his stakes? <sighs> uh oh. You know, some people might not like this, but I'm a medium rare kind of guy. Oh, who doesn't like that? that that's well, perfect. No, sorry, not medium rare. Um, well done. Not I'm oh, okay, well done. yeah. I like, right. <laughs> I'm not a big pink guy. Okay. Um, and I get some crazy looks from that when I tell tell people. <laughs> but yeah, uh, well done. I'm a I'm a kind of darker meat kind of guy so and burke just eats it raw right he's a fitness guy he just eats oh the God. red meat yeah. he just <laughs> yeah. took it raw he, he, he ate he it with his it hands raw. as long as it's got the protein and everything <laughs> he would definitely do that he just ripped it apart with his hands right at the table right yeah <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your friendship with burke because obviously you guys did all your scenes together um you're you're similar in age you come from yeah. you know you're both from ontario different kind of backgrounds you're you're more of in the acting background and i know he mentioned how much you had helped him uh helped him along getting used to it you guys go your separate ways and you come back for a season two uh do you keep in touch with burke regularly or uh so like you consider him a good friend right now oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah i i, I love burke to death mm-hmm. man he uh 
we were going through this together, right, for the yeah. first time. So to be able to have someone to lean on um, with with this is uh, it's very rewarding. Um, it's kind of funny because um, when I found out that Burke was the the guy that would play Corey, we was in an email with Jared. Is me, Jared, and Burke. Mm an email so like i i stalked his instagram and to be honest i was kind of intimidated by it because like he's a big kid right yeah and he's had the facial hair and everything um so I, I wasn't really sure what to expect but um yeah he's a he's a, a great kid and as soon as i like i saw him for the first time um and to be honest it helped when he shaved and made me feel yeah. a little bit uh-huh. <laughs> like i didn't feel like i was that much um more not what's the best word for it like he uh let me say it. When like, Burke shaves, he has a baby face. Let's just all admit yeah, exactly, it. He's yeah. a good-looking kid, yeah, so but he's I got a baby a face. Comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But no, he, he's he's a he's a great kid, and yeah. uh, he means so much to me. To be honest, with um, just like you know, with this journey together, and um, uh, yeah, we do keep in touch. Um, actually, I was talking to him today, and I think we're gonna try to link up next weekend. By the sounds of it, hopefully, yeah. hopefully everything works. Um, we'll be in, I'll be in the area, so that'll work out. But he uh, he just. He, he walks around with so much confidence yeah. and he doesn't even try to, but he just, it, it reflects off of him. And mm-hmm. when he's confident, if he feels comfortable or he looks comfortable and it makes me feel comfortable. Right. So, um, you know, we could have all the nerves in the world, but as long as we're kind of content and just hanging out, like, mm-hmm. you know, we can get through anything. So yeah, he's definitely a, a big, uh, big person in my life now. That's, that's terrific. Cause it, it, I'm sure it makes things easier. You don't want to, I'm sure there's a lot of egos in Hollywood and stuff. People having to work with each other that can't stand each other. And oh, yeah. you know, yep, you guys, sure. you guys hit it off your pals. It probably makes it a lot more fun too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it feels like, you know, the scenes that we film, mm-hmm. like the high school students, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't really feel like acting. Well, right. one, because, you know, I played hockey growing up and right. I was in that high school position and, and having a buddy there that's slipping just as much as me, um, yeah, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty, uh, pretty unique situation with us. All right, so you told me to ask him. I'm going to ask you. Tell me about the premiere party in Montreal for season one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so it's kind of funny because um, I was in Halifax with a couple friends um, a couple days before, and then I think it's like maybe. 30 seconds after I walked in the door, mm. uh, coming back from Halifax, I get an email from Jared saying, you know, come to, <laughs> we're, this is the premiere party in Montreal. Um, we're going to have a plane ticket and fly you out. So, yeah, me and Burke met at the airport. Um, we flew down to, to Montreal, and we had this, I guess it was like an SUV kind of limousine type thing that, mm. like, had our name there, and there's a driver, and there's like like water and pop and just like the nicest car I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. So we hop in there and they take us to take us to the hotel and it's it's a beautiful hotel. Like I couldn't even imagine like like some of the rooms in there. Like it looks so like it looked like like a ca- a castle really. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was full of gold. I think it was gold. It looked like yeah. gold, but just like an old old um, kind of unique antique style sort of. Um, hotel so yeah we got in there and then <laughs> we uh basically just walked around because we had some time to kill so we uh went out and uh there's a there's one story i don't i don't i'll have to talk to burke maybe we can talk about it um <laughs> if we come back on you'll be so, back i'm not gonna say it right now but yep. yeah we uh yeah we went out and went mm-hmm. to the malls and stuff mm-hmm. and uh um kind of did some shopping just toured the area yeah um got a couple drinks um just 
got in some outfits for the night, and uh, yeah, we went to the premiere party, and it was cool. Like the whole cast is almost almost the whole cast is there, right? So yeah, and that was the first time I've seen them in over a year. Right. Um, so it was cool to catch up with everybody, and uh, yeah, we watched the first two episodes or the first no the second episode of mm-hmm. the season as all like the cast, the crew, everyone that was there. Yeah. And uh, and and that was kind of cool just to see everyone every all the work we put in together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like watch and see what we made, um, and everyone enjoying it, laughing together. It was pretty special, and obviously, it was like I don't. It was it's kind of a weird. I mean, obviously, Dolo Dolo's the hook up there too, right? Yeah. So oh, he yeah. uh, he brought a bunch of guys, and I don't know if he booked the the venue or if Jared did or who did, but it was almost kind of like a speakeasy. Um, okay. Like the outside was like you wouldn't even know it's there. It's just an old rusted out building, mm-hmm. and then um, like the inside's like super nice. It's like his bars it's it's awesome so uh yeah it was um it was it was a cool uh cool venue and then like burke said in the podcast or yeah and your his podcast about you know four four thirty in the morning we uh we head on out <laughs> go to the hotel and jared buys out three rooms in the corner and mm-hmm. basically says like you know we're gonna be loud we're gonna be partying tonight so i want these rooms and um no one's gonna get it's gonna send the noise complaint because you know this is our night so yeah yeah, we had, all the rooms were connected, and and the the immediate cast, like the kind of the closer guys, um, we all like just party till the sun came up, and oh, yeah, a lot of drinks that night, but <laughs> it's for good reason, I think. I think it's a valid reason for it um, mm-hmm. to get kind of go loose for one night. So yeah, it was a, it was a great time, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of stories from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, one thing that Burke did tell me that. Um, you know, like I said, when I reached out to him, he basically said, you you really nailed it with the questions for him. So he didn't really have much else. But one thing he did tell me, uh, and, and when he told me, I was shocked because I didn't know. Uh, you couldn't tell. He said that you fractured your jaw and broke a lot of uh, your teeth two weeks before filming. And you were basically eating out of a syringe, but you killed it and no one could tell. And just from someone who watches, who's watched the show 50 times, I never would have guessed this. So can you talk about that? Talk about what happened? Yeah. Um, so actually that was, um, that happened in March. So as for season two, oh, that's um, season two. when it was okay. happening. Okay. Um, but yeah, I wish I had a good story for it to be honest, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I wish there was, yeah, some cool to say, but to be honest, I don't even know what happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was, um, I was there with some friends, you know, it was the last weekend before kind of exams and everything started. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we were out just having a good time, um, letting loose. And it was weird because like, I wasn't, I wasn't that fucked up. Like, yeah. like I've been a lot worse at that bar because we went <laughs> to the same bar that we always go to. Yeah. And, uh, I remember talking to one of my buddies and we were like, like, why are we not more drunk? Like it's our <laughs> last time out. It's already one thirty. Yeah. So, uh, we know, we know one of the bartenders and he invited us out to, to a party after and we're like, yeah, we'll go like, we're fine now. So we'll be good. And then, yeah, I guess half hour later, <laughs> um, they find me on, on, the, on the floor outside the, the bar. Mm-hmm. I, I was basically just, when I came to like, there's just a bunch of people around me and yeah. I'm the only thing I remember really is that like, I was freaking out because I, like I knew my teeth were broken. I was spitting out like pieces of my teeth and everything. Wow. I had no idea I was bleeding from like my my chin and my nose and my shirt was covered in blood and everything. I was more worried about my teeth and not being able to film Shorzy. Yeah, so that's oh, yeah. what I was freaking out about. Mm-hmm. And then 
yeah, I don't remember anything until I wake up in the hospital getting getting some stitches in the chin. Um, oh, shit. So I don't know what I don't know if maybe somebody like spikes my drink or if I just went crazy for half an hour, like something stupid. But yeah, yeah I, uh, I'm not really sure what happened. I just know that I was probably trying to do something dumb to be honest. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what I was what I was doing or what I was thinking, but yeah. I definitely uh, fucked around and found out. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the age to do it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, well, okay. Yep, so so that, that's season two. So that's something to look for, but he said, you nailed it. You couldn't even tell. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> it was, it was tough because like I said, like, like he was, I was eating through a syringe for the first probably a couple weeks yeah. for sure. And like, I wasn't eating anything. So I think I lost like probably 20 25 pounds over the two months and and that was that was a hard blow because um all the time up before that um like i was going to the gym like me and my friends at school we uh like we had a good system going where we go to the gym like six times a week and Mm -hmm. eat healthy and everything so i was in the best shape i've ever been in and i was like i was gaining weight gaining muscle i could see progress and then something like that happens and i get shut down and then lose all that everything i I earned in six months or whatever it was so that was tough but um it's funny. Well, that's not really funny, but when I was uh, filming season two, I still had the broken teeth in my mouth. Oh yeah. Because in order to get my teeth fixed, my jaw had to heal. Right. So uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I filmed all of season two with, I guess my jaw, I could talk finally by the time I got up there. Mm-hmm. I know there was a couple of weeks where I couldn't really talk, and yeah, I was eating a syringe and and like like meal replacements and Gatorade and stuff is what yeah. I was what I was kind of intaking. So. Um, but yeah, it was tough, tough on set because, you know, like, well, like Burke said, like we'd go out for dinner and stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah. like we had, we'd go out with like Goody Dolo fish and, and Max or, yeah. or, uh, John Rassi or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like they're all getting these like awesome, like wing platters or like seafood or whatever it is. And I'm kind of just there with water and soup <laughs> because that's all I could have. So, um, yeah, it, it was, it was difficult, but obviously I'm, I'm just glad I could filmed the second season i was really really worried about that and i texted jared to right when it happened and said hey like i'm sorry but i fucked up sort of thing even though i i mean it is my fault but it also like shit happens yeah Yeah. Uh, but he said yeah he was he was great with it he said no problem like worst case scenario we added into the script we didn't end up doing it that's where i said that yeah it would be cool that to if we made something about that but yeah basically i uh (laughs) i um messed my job pretty good and broke a couple teeth so now i'm missing about five or six jibs in my mouth so i guess i fit the bulldog part yeah there you go right <laughs> but uh but yeah it all worked out um mm-hmm. in the end like i could talk fine when we were filming and mm-hmm. um i just got through it with um a lot of painkillers and a lot of um pride for the show <laughs> really because yeah i mean it wasn't easy but um obviously i was going to do whatever i had to do to to make it work so well you know what everything's a life lesson you know you learn from it and like say you don't even know what happened but you know, like I, I just, I tell my kids that I live my life that way. Like everything that happens, it's uh, something you learn from. Uh, even if it's not your fault, you just, you know, it's experience. Every yeah, life exactly. is just ex- a series of experiences. So yeah, so that's just roll with the punches. That's it. Uh, so like I asked Burke, you know, Corey and Liam, the obvious comparisons are Riley and Jonesy. You brought them up already. And uh Riley and Jonesy are, are pretty big characters in the Letterkenny world. They're everybody uh, everybody knows who they are. They're hilarious. They're they're established and everything. 
the difference between you two and those two, they're more like himbos. They're more like these goofy hockey players and everything where you guys are the high school kids, but still yeah. you're the fuck you shoresy guys now. So was there any pressure trying to be the, not the new fuck you should, but the, the, uh, let's call it universe, the shoresy universe. Right. Fuck you shoresy guys. <laughs> when you already have two pretty established guys in the letter Kenny universe. Yeah, yeah, there was there was definitely some pressure there. Um, I think maybe a little bit more for me just because, like I said, when I was on the set of Larry Canyon, like, I was literally talking to those two guys. Like, I saw them and their scene of the Shorzy and yeah. how they kind of interacted. Um, so I kind of, I just, I loosely kind of based um, Liam off of off of those guys. And obviously, we know the differences. Like, Liam's kind of the, the nerd, the, yeah. the, the softer, the softer of the two. So, yeah. uh I kind of tried to emphasize that a little bit more, um, whereas like Riley and Jonesy, they they're like they're like kind of what you just said. They, yeah, they're like their own kind of guys. So yeah. Um, I just yeah, there was some pressure there for sure. Um, but also, I knew that it it was from a different point of view of like younger kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I think just trying to, to almost keep up to the success that they had and yeah. the interactions and the pace that they had with with Jared was uh, kind of the goal for me. And I th- I'm sure for, for, um, for Bert too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting, a cool um, little experimentation type thing where um, you just put kind of bounce stuff off stuff and see what works and what doesn't. But yeah, there's definitely some pressure there. So um, speaking season one, cause obviously season two is not out yet, but all your scenes are either with Burke or with Burke and Jared. And mm-hmm. the thing I had asked Burke was, the, the chirping between the three of you. It's just so fast paced, all funny as hell. I, I, how, how many takes did it take? I mean, you guys, it looks so smooth, but I don't know how you guys, A, didn't get tongue tied all the time and B, how you guys didn't burst out laughing every time. Cause I, I just don't know how you, how you could do it. It looks amazing. The finished product looks amazing, but I wonder how long it took you to get there. <laughs> yeah it was definitely a process um um like before we got on set like that was a big thing for burke and i um was to, to know our lines yeah. like we didn't want to be those guys the new kids to come on and not know our lines so yeah we had bust those out for hours and um it, it was uh yeah there, there was definitely some laughs like um yeah sometimes you try to hold it in but you can't and sometimes you can and um <laughs> Just, just, and even Jared too. Like he was laughing just as much as us. So I right. think when he laughs, it makes us laugh, right? So <laughs> it was, it was interesting. Um, it was, it was a challenge for sure. But, uh, but like, but like, like we said, um, there's much bunch of different takes, right? So yeah. we can kind of just kind of add this stuff together. But mm-hmm. yeah, and especially I think you talked about it with Burke, um, some of those tongue twister, like yeah. other names for the bulldogs. Oh, like, yeah, that was a challenge for well for me. Well, I'm sure for Burke, but me more than Burke. Um, was getting getting those words like pronounced right and on pace and everything so um yeah it's funny jared uh i would say jared was messing up more than us because he has so many lines right, <laughs> right. And he's got so much on the go with the show right. and you know being the, the director and producer and writer and all that stuff so um there were some times where he uh he kept messing up his lines and he was starting to get pissed off at himself so mm-hmm. that kind of made it funny for us yeah or well for me i don't know I, like i just thought it was interesting to see that obviously i knew that he was gonna get it done and everything but right. that kind of just made me feel more relaxed seeing that like, it's it, everyone messes up right so right. um that helped a lot and uh <laughs> yeah it was um i think 
Well, I think it was the first scene that we filmed in the box with with Jared. It was kind of the more intense scene yeah. where um like where Bert or Corey gets kicked out. Um, I love that scene. And there's yeah, it, oh. it's a great scene. It's probably yeah. one of my favorites to be honest. But like, yeah. but the tone and like the intention behind our lines, like yeah. that's where we really felt like we were acting. And mm-hmm. I remember after the first time we did that scene, Jared's like, "You two are making me look pretty good right now." <laughs> and I think just hearing that, yeah. um, kind of gave us some confidence. And um, and that just made me want to push even more and like yeah. give more to it. So uh, just like the comments and the support that Jared and, and Jacob gave us during the scenes really helped us out. You mentioned Jacob and, and uh, you met, you know, Jared obviously is, he's Jared Kiso. He's, he's the man. Jacob is someone who I think in Letterkenny, obviously Wayne, Wayne's my favorite. And let's take Shorzy out of the Letterkenny equation because then Shorzy would be my favorite character. But Glenn is probably my second favorite character in Letterkenny. I, I swear to God, every time he's in a scene, I'm just so happy. I, I mean, he, <laughs> Jacob, I think, is amazing too. I mean, oh what, yeah, for I, sure. Yeah, I mean, he's sure. he's great behind the camera and he's great yeah. on camera. <laughs> Obviously, in Shores, he's got a much smaller role, but even that was hilarious. But the, him as Glenn is one of my favorite characters. I think on TV, I think he's amazing. Uh, what what kind of a guy is Jacob to work for? Jacob Jacob's unreal. I mean, yeah. like he he's just like one of us. Like yeah. he, he's joking around. He's not taking things too serious. Um, like he he's he's supporting us. He's he's um making jokes and everything with us and, and the rest of the cast and crew. So, um, yeah, he's, he's one of the guys really. And like, he's very patient with, with us and we kind of maybe struggle with a scene or something. And, and he, uh, is there to support and he's always kind of, you know, giving us tips, but also like saying like, also like, don't listen to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's, he's great and he's uh, very knowledgeable too. So I think, I think just all the experience that he and Jared have both had, yeah. um, like helped us for sure. I as I uh, you watch Letterkenny and the scenes when he's Glenn, I don't know how he doesn't burst out laughing at everything he says because I'll be literally on my way to work on the train. It's like it's like an hour train ride, and if I'm watching it, I'm I'm by myself laughing out loud at the stuff that he says, and I don't know how he keeps from not bursting out because some of the stuff is so over the top. I mean, he's a master. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> that's one probably one of my favorite characters as well. Yeah. Um, like every scene is just so funny. I don't know how how he does it and, the, and his um, scene mates like yeah. do it either. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's impressive what he can do. Very talented, very talented. So um so from the social media posts, not just yours or or Burke's, uh you know Terry Ryan and I have been friends for a very long time, and you follow you know the other guys on there. Yep. Uh, it seems like you guys as a cast are very close. And I think that probably goes a long way because if, if you like each other in real life, you're willing to I'm not say work with each other, but again, there doesn't seem to be, there aren't, isn't any animosity. And it seems like even though you, you guys have only done two seasons together, it just seems like everyone has a role in this big group here. And for you and Burke, you're, you're probably the two youngest, castmates there so all these yep. guys could be mentors or or however you want to say it but it just seems like the cast itself is very closely knit together oh my god yeah yeah for sure um even you notice that in the first season yeah um like like the first like the cast party where everyone got to meet each other mm-hmm. like everyone was hanging out and, and you know getting along and talking and it felt like everyone knew each other you know forever so yeah. uh 
Yeah, it was. Uh, it, we got lucky that way. It really felt like a team atmosphere. I think more so for like the older guys, like mm-hmm. the Bulldogs, than com- to compared to me and me and Corey. Like, yeah, like they're still great to us, and they they include us when they can, and and we feel like a part of it. But yeah. like that close knit group of like the actual team, mm-hmm. they really are a team, and like they're they're so close, and, and they're supportive of each other, and they like hanging out with each other. Um, yeah, it's it's like a family, honestly. Yeah. So you're a hockey fan. Um, and you, there's some legit studs on the Bulldogs, the real life studs. Mm-hmm. So sure. you know, I mentioned Terry Ryan, first round pick, play for Montreal. Uh, Jordan Nolan has two Stanley Cup rings. His brother Brandon, uh, one of the toughest guys ever in uh, Nasty Morasty. Yep. Uh, you got uh, Dolo, Jonathan Diaby there. Uh, so as a hockey fan, because uh, even though most of your scenes were with uh, with Burke and Jared or just Burke, you guys were in the stands. Were you in the stands when some of the games were going on, when they were filming the Bulldogs games? Yeah, yeah. There were some scenes where they yeah. were they were filming stuff, and we were we were right around. I don't know if we were maybe on camera for it, right. but we were on set for right. it, like to see them filming it. So yeah, it's it's crazy to see some of some of well, I guess all of the people on the show. Like obviously, yeah. they were all pre established, so it, it's it's really cool, especially like you know the TRs and yeah. the nasty Marassis, like you know the established like hockey players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, it's pretty cool, and it's, it's really an honor just to be around around them and to 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 interact with them and to get to know them a little bit better. Um, and even like 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 you said, Jordan Nolan, like yeah. I think he uh, like some of the stories that he's told told us about you know his time playing and winning the cup and just playing with different teams and everything. It it, it feels like like we can almost just like picture what it'd be like to to be in that situation. You know what I mean? So yeah, like all the guys, all the hockey players there. One, they're they're great athletes and they're great hockey players, but they're great guys too. So um, it's really cool to be able to to see them and, and see them once in a while. So if you want to hear a good story involving teeth, ask Terry his tooth story about knock, <laughs> I think knocking out his own it teeth. On one of his yes, he did. Yeah, he's mentioned <laughs> yeah, that before. That's yeah, crazy. that's crazy. I don't think I did that. But... <laughs> no, no, he's got the best story. Um, yeah, and then. You know, we talked about the players, and I said the same thing with Burke. You got some pretty bad dudes there, but I think you just mentioned the cannon, uh, Andrew Ansanen, a legit scary dude, uh, MMA fighter, you mm-hmm. know, turned actor. Uh, what, I know that Burke and Andrew, uh, they would go to the gym together a lot. They got pretty close. Uh, Andrew, I've spoken to in uh, messages a few times. Seems like a really quiet, great guy. Uh, what kind? Of, what was it like hanging out with him? Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's uh, he's so down to earth, and then he's 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 a very humble guy. For all the success that he's had, he's yeah. uh, he's great, and he's just like just like one of the guys, and mm-hmm. he, he includes everyone. And um, obviously, I wasn't able to get to know him and the rest of the guys quite as much as Burke in season mm-hmm. two, just because you know I had I had my uh, my injury, and I had right. to go back and do some shows for school and everything, mm-hmm. so I wasn't around as much for some of the parties. Um, but when I do get to see them, especially you know like Andrew he's he's an absolute beauty that mm-hmm. and he's he seems so he's so wise and yeah. and for not being an actor like you just you get that feeling that he knows he knows the process and everything and that's with all of them really yeah. like I remember I talked to Jared about this and he said it's a lot easier to make or to get hockey players to act than to get actors to play hockey right and that was that was a really uh, is a, a true thing that he said really like I think how they went about it is is perfect to get the guys that have that have been through it and everything um, like through the sport and playing the, the team atmosphere and everything. Um, so yeah, it was great. 
and yeah, Andrew, you know, Dolo, um, Hitch, like TR. I think yeah. TR is the one guy that I'd want to sit down and have a beer with oh. and hear his stories. Him and Mick D, I think, would be the oh, two. But, but yeah, all the guys, like Fish, Max, they're all all super inclusive and, and great guys. Actually, the guy you want to sit down with and have beers with and listen to his stories is Senior, Terry's dad. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, sure. Oh, my God. Senior. I'm sure he has some crazy stories. Senior is the man. He is, he is <laughs> without a doubt, he is the man. So that's the guy to sit down and have some beers with. Um, actually it's a great segue because you mentioned uh, school another thing Burke uh, brought up and I, I actually feel stupid that I didn't think about it but uh, he basically said you had to balance school and Shorzy at the same time he said that at the time you had a bunch of essays you had to do but uh, talk about that talk about balancing filming and, and schooling because uh, you know you're you're in school at the time like all these everyone else that's theirs you know like Burke has his own business uh, and then everyone else, you know, they're acting or whatever. So they had all the time they needed, but you actually had to go back and forth with school, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a challenge. Um, especially in season one, um, like, like, cause well, both season one and season two, really yeah. like when we filmed, it was right at the end of the school year. So it was right in the middle of exams and right. final performances and essays and, and all of that. So, uh, yeah, like I think, well, both times I was up, I still had schoolwork to do. So right. When I wasn't on set or learning lines, I was trying to grind schoolwork. And mm-hmm. um, in the first season, um, back in 2020, um, I think we, our, our final day of filming, we filmed like pretty late, until like after supper or something. And I remember I had like a, a final performance, like a show for the public, mm-hmm. um, like the next day at like like in the morning. So I remember as soon as I got off the set and back to the hotel at like I don't know maybe 9:30, 10 at night, mm-hmm. I was just grinding grinding lines for my theater show so i learned the film like the shorzy lines right in the morning mm-hmm. and then the the play lines spread at night so that's wow. it was a lot to to handle um so yeah i had to like get a i'd like get drove back to toronto at like four in the morning just to make it and go straight back to the school so i can you know go to go to the stage and, and perform so um yeah it was a challenge definitely and like like you said, like the essays and all that. And it was, especially this year too, like with having the, you know, the fractured jaw and the injury and everything and being so weak from not eating, mm-hmm. trying to write final essays and, and do exams and everything while up there. It was, yeah, it was a challenge, but uh, um, I, I felt like I prepared myself enough to know kind of how to time manage it. Yeah. I knew it was going to be a challenge um, to, to handle both. And uh, something I told myself was like, when I'm up at, in Sudbury, like sure as he comes first like that's what i'm yeah. gonna focus on so before i go up or or like when i come back it's strictly just on school so uh yeah. um yeah it was definitely a challenge to try to you know do that back and forth um and even this year um i had to take a couple of weeks off of school um just because like, i had to come home from toronto mm-hmm. just to you know get fed through a syringe <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mouth. Um, yeah. so like <clears throat> I had to go back to Toronto one day just to do a final show, like my final performance. And then like the couple of days after I was back up in Sudbury. So um, learning the lines for, for that and uh, like for, for Shorzy and for my device theater class and then doing essays and exams on top of that. Um, yeah, it was a lot, but uh, like I said, it's something I knew I was getting myself into and uh, uh, you just kind of, you have to figure it out. Hey man, I, I hope that, you're proud of yourself. I mean, you don't have to walk around like you're the king, but 
you know, I, I hope that with what you've accomplished so far, and even just talking about this, I hope that you could take some pride in that because, you know, like I, I have, I have two sons around your age and, and they're, they're great. Uh, but because of, because they, um, because of their age, like I kind of try to keep an eye on stuff like around stuff that goes on for kids your age and stuff. And I know like, um, you know, mental health is a big deal and all this, everything that goes along with it and, and accomplishments really should be, you know, brought up and respected and celebrated. So I, I hope that you're proud of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That means a lot. Thanks yeah. Joe. That I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's uh it's a lot, but yeah. like I said, I wouldn't change anything for the world because this is the once in my lifetime opportunity. Right. Yeah. So uh, you just kind of, you got to go with it and uh, take, take the good, bad and the ugly and um, keep pushing forward. Great. All right. So now we're at the part of the podcast. Uh, I did the same thing with Burke. We're going to do, it's not necessarily rapid fire, but uh, the places in Sudbury, uh, tell me if you've been to them or not. Uh, but I think Burke went to most of them. So uh, these are some of the places that uh, were featured in Shorzy. And uh, I believe they're all real places. Uh, so uh, first one is respect is burning. I don't think I've been. Okay. Uh, the Colson. I think I've been in Colson, yep. Uh, the Doghouse. I have been in the Doghouse. Uh, and judging from the smile, probably more than once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, I just remember uh, Burke and I went for, uh, I think it was game one of the, the Leafs and Landing series. Okay. And obviously I wasn't able to eat the wings, so right. I was just <laughs> sitting there looking at the TV, trying to think about the food right, while right. he was eating. But uh just to see that that game unfold and all the fans and everything is just <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, but yes, I've been there. Yeah. Okay. Uh seven star dumpling. I've not been. Peppy Panini. Oh yeah. Yep, been the Peppy. Uh the Caruso Club. I don't think so. Uh the Laughing Buddha. I haven't been. Mr. Prime Rib. I I don't think so. It sounds so familiar, but I don't I don't think I have. Okay. And uh Wasaga Beach. I've been to Wasaga, yep, when I was a lot younger. I haven't been in a couple of years, but yes, I've been there. Okay, so the obvious question, I asked Burke the same thing. Did you take an aqua dump at Wasaga Beach? <laughs> I haven't, but um I wouldn't be surprised if I do in the near future to go back. <laughs> you almost have to, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, Burke said his buddy did. So, uh, and I, yeah, I told on, him at the time. It, it takes, takes some, takes some balls to do that. So, yeah, I mean, there's uh, a lot of pressure there. So, uh, and yeah. I, I don't remember his name. I want I don't remember who it was, but I said, that guy sounds like a lot of fun to hang out was, with. Was it Liam? I think Liam I think it might've been, yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember Joe and yeah, but I think it might've been Liam that, uh, that took the aqua dump. So, all right. Yeah. And then, uh, so now these are the, I, I made notes of all the questions that Goody asked people. Okay. okay. Cause I, I, again, I laugh at all those questions. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think any of them were ever answered by the person that he asked. So I call these the unanswered questions of Brant Goodleaf. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's right. do it. You ever have a slim gym? I don't think I have. Okay. Uh, do you ever have gelato? Love gelato. Yep. <laughs> What's your flavor? Oh, it's like a it's like a mocha mocha coffee something. I can't remember what it's called. Oh man, that's a, 
Kendall it, I'll say mocha. I'll say okay. mocha. <laughs> uh, you ever have goji berries? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you ever have Portuguese chicken? I think I have. I think I've tried it, yeah. Uh, do you like chicken brochette? I do, yep. Uh, have you ever had bacon-wrapped water chestnuts? Yes, I have. Uh, have you ever seen a schnoodle? A schnoodle? That, <laughs> I think I they were talking know, about I dogs. So. I forget who he asked, but you ever seen a schnoodle? So, I don't. I guess not. No. Yeah, if you don't know what it is, right? <laughs> uh, you ever have Ritz bits? Yes, oh, I love Ritz bits. Okay. Yep, childhood, uh, childhood snack. Uh, you ever bike BMX? Yeah, I used to do that with my cousin. Yep. Okay. Now this was a question asked to Goody while they were grilling. Okay, uh, what do you prefer, popcorn chicken or popcorn shrimp? Popcorn chicken, hundred percent. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what is Keegan Long doing uh, over the summer? Well, um, right now I'm uh, working at a golf course. I'm doing maintenance, so basically like landscaping and gardening, and you know, cutting the tee blocks and and the greens and mulching stuff like that just keeping the, t- the course look nice and tidy um i'm also umping baseball and softball um just a couple nights a week whenever they need somebody um so that's the beer money there and yeah. uh I'm playing on, on two ball teams i'm playing for the Whistle juniors um we got a, a team in the senior league this year ironically enough for baseball <laughs> um then i'm playing slow pitch and uh yeah i got uh just basically some auditions and stuff and um whenever they come about do that i like to golf obviously i work at a golf course so Mm -hmm. me and some of my my buddies that work with me we just go to go on the uh range or on the course right after work and take up 18 or something so do that and yeah other than that i'm just kind of hanging out um i don't really have too much time to hang out but when i do i like to I like to watch documentaries. I'm a big documentary guy of like history and like animal shows, Animal Planet, uh, National Geographic, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, when I'm not out and about, I'm I like to watch some docu's and uh, yeah, just getting ready to go back to my final year of university next year in September. I'm nice. um, trying to figure out the whole house and lease and roommates and stuff like that. It's always a always a pain, but we'll get that done and. Yeah, other than that, I'm just kind of hanging out, trying to see people when I can. Um, yeah. Well, Keegan, this was awesome. I uh, I appreciate you making the time for me because I know you work super early in the morning, and uh, I, I've done that before, so I know how that is. So I appreciate you making the time. And uh, the last question I always ask everybody, is there anything that uh, I didn't ask that you'd like to, uh, that you'd like to bring up? Um. Mm, well, I, there's the one thing I was going to mention, um, or I just thought about now. Um, okay. I actually, uh, I auditioned for a role um, for the Disney Resort in China. Oh, yeah? And I got the part of, like, a prince or something. So, technically, like, I had all the papers signed and everything, and I was going to go to Shanghai, China, on the Disney Resort for a year, a year contract to, to work there. But then, sure as season two came out at that exact same time, so I had to turn that down. Wow. So, I guess thinking about it like it could be a whole different look right now i could be on the other side of the world so yeah that was interesting um besides that i got a couple things in the works um i got a fundraiser that i'm kind of planning that hopefully i can introduce to everybody 
within the next month or two. Uh, I'd really like to get a show, like a theater show going, um, specifically like in Listowel, but I'd love to get my own production company going. So starting with that mm-hmm. would be, you know, getting the show up and getting people involved and a place and everything. So that's kind of a project I've been slowly starting to get the gears turning on. And uh, yeah, other than that, I uh, I don't have too much going on. I guess stay tuned for Shorzy season two because it'll be a banger. But yeah. I'm yeah, laughing. I have to laugh. You say I don't have too much going on after you rattled off like 15 things. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I don't really think about all the yeah. stuff I'm actually doing. Mm-hmm. That's great though. It's like I said with Burke, uh, you know, with the kids your age, a lot of times, uh, a lot of people question the work ethic, but uh, with you two guys, damn, you guys are, uh, you're a hundred miles an hour, 24 seven. It's really admirable. So, uh, I think you're setting a good example for, uh, for a lot of your, um, people, a lot of your friends and uh, a lot of people your age. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right. So everybody, uh, I would love to have Keegan back on at some point, probably after season two comes out, it'd be great. If I'm smart enough here, I try to figure out, get you and Burke on at the same time. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, That'd be great. but yeah, so season two is coming up soon. I don't know when, and, uh, you're not supposed to tell me, so don't tell me. And, uh, but I have noticed an uptick in some of the cast saying soon, soon, soon. So, uh, so hopefully maybe this fall it'll be great and uh i wish you nothing but success and uh i'd love to have you back and uh best of luck with everything in the future thank you joe thanks for having me appreciate it my pleasure keegan have a great day yeah you as well all right bye see ya 